We're back. We still don't have a name. And if I'm being honest, we didn't even try to come up with a name. <laughs> That's true. Some people have tried to help us, though, despite our request that we not get any help. Yeah, to all those people who showed support and wanted to give us advice, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I don't echo that sentiment. That's Brian's sentiment alone. I don't want your help. I want to come up with a name on my own, on my own time. All right. But I, I feel like we, I personally am in a complete stupor. Just in general? Yeah, from, I mean, being just in a house, locked in a house for like a week. But it's been our paradise as well. We've loved it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like, it's been great, but it's also brought out the absolute worst. <laughs> I've changed clothes can confirm. twice. Can confirm that as well. I've, I have taken made a point to like get dressed every single day because I read somewhere, someplace, that that was important to do for your mental health. So that's what I've been doing. It just feels like spitting. Get, doing things like getting dressed feels like spitting on a beautiful thing. <laughs> if you're going to be home, might as well be in your... Yeah. Same pair of sweatpants that you've worn the entire week that we've been here. This is the last chance we get to do this probably ever, just based well, on... we hope. Based on the fact that the last really bad one was in 1918. Mm. In the U.S. Yeah. So I feel like it's just, just balls deep. You're taking advantage. Yeah. Anyway, we watched Big Fish. I thought it was fine. Fine. All right. Care to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, so what did you think your second time? All right, so the so what we did was that we watched it two nights ago, I think. We watched half of it two nights ago, and then we watched the second half tonight. So the first half, pretty dull. Pretty dull. I found that I was longing for cell phone or computer distraction pretty much the entire time that we were watching it. Um, but then... When we watched the second half today, I actually was pretty interested and it tugged on the emotional heartstrings and I found it much more entertaining today to the point where I, you know, was taking notes for this podcast, but actually just preferred to be watching. Never admit to taking notes for the podcast. <laughs> Huge mistake. All right. Well, I wasn't taking notes. I was just focusing really hard and wanted to well, just be leaning. I did cry. You I cried. Did cry. yeah. I didn't cry. I don't know. Is the is the message of this movie that you just well one of the like the big on the nose messages is that you live like you're not afraid of dying and you live a good life, right? Because isn't it he he has the um, he sees the witch's eye, he yeah. knows how he's going to die, and that allows him to do all of these amazing, possibly apocryphal, crazy things. Things. Yeah. See that kind of philosophy is the kind of philosophy that is on like the wall art in a suburban house. <laughs> I think I know like the people whose house you're talking about specifically. Yes. We, yeah. Um, but, but I will say that I'm susceptible to the wall art in like a high school weight room. So I probably shouldn't turn my <laughs> nose up, but it's just not my speed. Yeah. Well, so I agree that that's one of the messages, but I think that there are a lot of different messages in the movie that come through 
mostly in the end. Like, I think that's the initial message, which is kind of a cliche, a little bit boring uh, message to be sending for an entire hour and a half of a movie. Like, just, you know, live like you're dead. Live like you're not, you know, there's no tomorrow and whatever. But um, I think that there are other things that are a little bit more subtle in there towards the end that are the things that I really relate to and that I enjoy about the movie. So do you want to do things we liked about the movie, things we didn't like, and then at the end we guess the Rotten Tomatoes score? All right. Sounds good. So do you want to go? Yeah, what did, what did you like about it on this admittedly your second watch? Yeah, well, is this the only, only the second time you've I seen it? I think it might be maybe the third time I've seen it because okay. I think my dad owns this movie. So first I want to share a moment uh, from today. Just as we started watching, um, Brian... We were coming up on a moment where he, uh, the the main character, had gone to war, and his wife or girlfriend or whatever had gotten a, a telegram that said that he was dead, and he finally shows up, and it's this you know really, uh, ama- you know like profound music. It's leading up to the time where they reunite and they're about to kiss, and and Brian says, "I do need to pop this pimple. Can you pause it?" And walks to the bathroom. So. That can give you a good sense of how much Brian values those moments of movies, whereas I was in this very... I, I, that's the moment where I bought into the movie, I think. The moment where he came back from war um, and was able to reunite with his love. So part of the reason that that really struck a chord with me is a story. Can I tell a story about... Can I tell the story that I told you about my grandfather? Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So when my grandfather was at war his mother received a telegram and she didn't open it because she was too afraid that it was going to say that he died. So, uh, and I might get some of the details wrong, but overall this is the right message. So she didn't open it for months. She finally brings herself to open it and it says, happy birthday, Ma. Love you. Miss you. See you soon. So that moment in the movie kind of brought, called me back to that moment that I know happened with my great grandmother and my grandfather um, and kind of made it more relatable to me. Well, that's quite relatable. I mean, I it's like how I don't answer or open my student <laughs> loan emails. <laughs> when in so reality, just, they're gonna—they all say that you have no money yeah, that you owe. Yeah, my son's actually dead. <laughs> God. Um, well, anyway, that's one of the things that the area, the times of the movie where I was able to relate to something that I know happened in my life or a relative that I cherish as life were the times that were kind of the most enjoyable for me and the best parts of the movie. Um, so the, uh, especially the relationship between father and child, that's one of the main things for me that the, the buildup and the final appreciation of the dad feels like this really like wholesome and great moment where he realizes that one, he has more in common with his dad than he thought. He's able to weave a narrative himself. Two, they're able to bond in a way because he finally understands that, and the dad gets to have this story contribute. Like he gets to see his son contribute a story that, you know, he you know for him it was kind of like the ultimate gesture. I thought so. That's one thing I liked. Yeah, I mean that's that's like the heart of the movie, the like the yeah. father and son thing. Yeah. I have some thoughts. Okay, go ahead. I'll get to that later, about that specifically. Although, I, I mean, your point is well taken. I think I thought that the strongest movie making and, like, storytelling was the last 
like 18 minutes. I don't know. I didn't do yeah, the, I didn't actually look minutes. at it right, but the part where he starts to see the little hints that there was at least some truth to his father's stories. Mm-hmm. And then he in kind of in doing that and exploring that and seeing that they weren't outright lies and that this was just kind of the, these were the narratives that his father told to himself to make sense of the world. Mm-hmm. And then he started to see some of the beauty in that. And then, yeah, so it kind of, and then it just builds into the, the catharsis of, mm-hmm. of him like connecting with his dad in that way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the, that's the best part of the movie. I think one of the, one of the things I really liked about that is just the idea that the way people make sense of the past is by telling themselves stories. Obviously, he's the the father character in the show does it with more flair, whatever, like more yeah, more myth than most people, but when you boil it all the way down, reality and time are just too big and strange for us to comprehend in their entirety. So that's just how we all make sense of the world in one way or another, is we tell ourselves stories and the memories we have of things from years ago are just kind of, every time we remember them, it's like watching a movie of a movie of a movie and it becomes like flavored with the truth, but it's no longer truth, it's a story. And I thought that that was, that's like a very real thing that I kind of feel in my own life at times, which that's, that felt true to me, you know? So I like that. Yeah. I think that that's, that's another, that's kind of a good point. A good thing to think about is that a lot of the things, a lot of the stories in the movie are adversities. They're like difficulties that the dad had to go through in order to, you know, emerge on the other side. So I think his embellishments allow him to look back on his life with kind of rose-colored glasses or happily at times where he, you know, wasn't necessarily happy in the moment, times where he was struggling. And I think that that, one, is a good is a message that I, I like. And I also think that it's reminiscent of things that we all do. Like, what we're, we're not really embellishing necessarily, but we remember positives I think we remember positives of experiences overall. Like, I think we can remember negative moments, but that, you know, for example, when I went abroad to France, I lived a whole year there. But the thing that kind of sticks in my mind is the feeling or what the vibe that the video, the promotional video before I even went conveyed about the year. So I'm, I'm kind of, even though there were so many things that I experienced day to day, the thing that I'm left with is the feeling from that video. I feel like that's kind of the way that he lives his life is this emotion, this overall emotional tone that he weaves a narrative to fit with. Yeah. Which I like. I think one of the more, I don't know, I don't want to say disruptive, but one of the, the more uh, surreal things about getting older is the way that my, like you're saying, that my memories, especially from longer ago, are boiled down to like a few vivid stories and then just an overall coloration of like a sense or a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's actually just so imprecise, but there's really, it, it almost seems like that as you get further and further away from it, the, the reality of it and the, the specificity of it is just too much to handle. Like you just need to 
kind of tuck it into a drawer that has like a th- like a few big themes and a few little memories, just so you can like move move past it. I don't I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense. Um, it it's both scary and upsetting and kind of cool. I would say yeah. kind of beautiful. Beautiful, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, stuff you didn't like. What didn't you like about the movie? Oh, we need to, we, we don't have any more likes. Do you have any more likes? I'm Let just me. trying to keep it tight here. You, have, <laughs> you liked more than me, I'm guessing. She's uh, checking her notes. Checking my which notes, she didn't hold take. on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we can, we can move on. I mean, I think overall, just the comment that I'll make is, even though I think on, on third watch, the movie itself wasn't, as entertaining or enthralling as I would have liked it to be, I still think that overall I enjoyed it because it allowed it because of the empathy that I'm able to feel. I think that there are moments where I can feel empathetic with the characters, and I think that generally is something that I enjoy in a movie. And I think this definitely satisfied a lot of that for me. So that's that's my overall comment about the movie. But we can move on to things we don't like. What What did you think of the movie making, like the the way it was? Like the visual yeah, shit. Which is a big part it. of it. Yeah. I think. Um I I think it's a little too I think it was a little too done, honestly. I think that the way that the whole all of the memories were shot in this really foggy almost like sepia sort of Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say yellow, but yeah, sepia is better. Like it made it I understand it was supposed to feel fantastical, but I think the stories themselves are fantastical enough that like we, we understood. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tim Burton, that's... I haven't watched, like, all of his stuff. He's not really my cup yeah. of Diet Coke, but he, <laughs> uh... Like, definitely whimsical to a fault. You know, it, like, yeah. the, like the sh- what he was going for, probably. It, it, this definitely was shot to look like a fairy tale or, like, the illustration of a children's book. Yeah. Like, when he... This, there's the scene where he's with the giant... And they come to the uh, the fork in the road, and at this point, the metaphorical hammer is just hitting you right on the nose, like yeah. over and over again with the sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he go he takes like the scary road because he's not afraid of death. Uh, and he he's walking through. It it literally looks like the drawing of a like the illustration in a fairy tale for children. There's like spider webs that he has to cut through with. To, work his way through with spiders crawling into it and you know these overhanging dark branches and uh it's just very much whimsical and meant to look like that i don't didn't love it but i don't know what what are your thoughts yeah i mean i think i guess if you look at it from the filmmaker perspective which i'm not a filmmaker so that's hard but i think the fact that you keep describing it as whimsical and I said it was fantastical. I think that that was the goal. Like, I think it accomplished yeah. the goal. And I think if you buy into that kind of a movie, you would like that and you'd find it to be like good filmmaking. I think personally, I'm a little bit more of a realist. I don't really enjoy having such a whimsical look of a movie, which is, in part why I don't really like Wes Anderson films. I think part of it, that is the visual component. But um, I just, I think it's a little overkill. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't love it. <laughs> what do you think of the acting? That's, I mean, okay. So if we're moving on to things that I disliked, yeah. we talked about this at the time, but that's son. Bad. 
bad. He's a bad actor. Was it he's Edward Bloom? No. No, I don't know what his What's, name is. Oh, the, like, the character's name? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to know any of the character's names. I'll Google it. I have a yeah, you should Google it. Um, but he was bad. He was very bad. And, and the thing is, he did get better towards the end, and that almost made the movie better overall because he was such a detraction initially. Such a detriment yeah. to the movie overall, I thought. Is it Billy Crudup? I don't know what I don't know what his name is. This is this is good radio right here. <laughs> um, Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup. Yeah. It's an interesting name. Uh, anyway, yeah, he was really bad, especially early on. There's yeah. the scene where he <laughs> finds out his dad has cancer. He's like, "Oh, okay. How bad is it? It's worse than I thought. They're stopping chemo." It's like Jesus Christ! How bad is this father? That yeah, like that just you nothing. You know? have no can show no emotion in response to learning essentially he's gonna die. Not great. Um, I thought the rest of it was fu- the rest of the acting was fine. I here, I have a I have a something I dislike. All right. Okay. I thought that. So, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. You don't talk to your father for three years because. He told a story at your wedding that it like took attention from you, I guess. So you're tired of him telling stories that you think are fake. Then you find out he's cancer. You know he has cancer. You don't go home to visit him. Then you find out he's going to die. And then you go home to visit him. And you're still an asshole to him. And then you find out that maybe you shouldn't have been an asshole this badly all along. And you get 45 seconds with him before you die. Before he dies. Before he dies. Are you not plagued with guilt for the rest of your life that you quit talking to your father and you got 45 seconds with him before he died? I mean, I, I don't think that... The, I think that that... Clearly, I would be incredibly plagued Well, with I think guilt. anyone... I know you would, but anyone. <laughs> anyone, right? I think so. I would think so, unless you're really a horrible person. Like, how shitty of a person was this son? Yeah. Yeah, how could you, how could you write a character into a movie that's that shitty? Like, how do... You want that to be relatable. I guess he thought his dad was cheating on his mom but that doesn't that also mean that this dad was kind of a shitty dad but also you were gonna wait until your dad's dying to go investigate whether or not he had an affair instead of just asking the woman that you know exists if he had an affair with her before he was dying so you could figure out if he's a good guy well he didn't know she existed until he saw the deed at the end oh I, and I he said basically part. just said that he assumed that his dad had an affair which is like you're an asshole if you're just deciding that your dad was fucking other women and don't talk to him for three years because of, I don't know. I just, there was something off about that. It's kind of a fucked up family is what I'm trying it to say. It is definitely a fucked up family. And I don't think that that's a happy ending, actually. That you get 45 seconds of catharsis with your dad after being estranged from him for three years. Yeah. Starting at your wedding. Yeah. That's a fucked up story, actually. That guy's like ruined for life if he's not a sociopath. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the happy ending is actually not doesn't revolve around the son. I mean, I think the happy ending revolves around the mending, obviously, and I think, but I think it's more from the perspective of the dad. The dad gets his story from his son. He gets to relate to him a little bit before he dies. He, he gets to die having made amends with his son. So I think it's this, the ha- and plus then after that, the, the dad, the son carries the dad off amid all of his loved ones and friends from his life. I think that the happy well, yeah, ending is really for the dad. Well, I guess. I think it's for... I don't know. I think I'm just too literal about some of this stuff, but it's kind of hard to stomach. I don't know. Yeah. The son just seemed a little too okay with finding out his dad was going to die after not having talked to him for three years, and then seemed a little okay with it when he did die, 
He's like, well, yeah. I told him a nice story in the last 45 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, it really exactly. wipes the last three year, years off the board. Nope. I don't buy it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't. Clearly, the son is. It's a fucked up family. A, a bad guy, yeah, I think. Also, this apparently guy. dad's spending like half of his time just on the road. Well, that's, I will, that's not bad. I mean, my grandfather was a traveling salesman. Like, he was doing the same thing my grandfather did. A lot of dads did that. Okay. You, wasn't, wasn't your grandfather kind of a dick? No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, he was a little bit of a dick. Was, yeah, but not because he traveled. It was unrelated. Unrelated, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Family, we, we love him. But everyone knows. Anyway. We I need to start calibrating yeah. the things I say. <laughs> Harper has a more supportive family than me. <laughs> There's no danger of anyone in my family listening to this, but I think that's like our, our target demographic that's now is Harper's primary, family. Yeah, primary demographic for sure. Family and friends and two people you know. Yeah. So I, I just never experienced this kind of support, and that's why I'm here ripping on your grandfather and telling butthole jokes and stuff. So. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else you didn't like? I mean, I think we kind of mentioned it a little bit before, but the pace of that movie, so slow at the beginning. It's really bad. For an hour and a half of the beginning of the movie, you're just like, when's this going to end? Yeah. And honestly, right when we turned it off was when it picked up. Right. So we spent, and we suffered through it. We were like, we paused it. We were like, I can't believe that there's this much of this movie left. We have to just go to bed because we're so bored. Yeah. Well, it turns out the, fir- like the first hour and 20 minutes is almost literally children's fairy tales the whole way through. And I'm just a 29-year-old yeah. person. Which, actually, the, this movie came out in 2003. I looked it up. It makes sense that I and all of our friends liked it more when it came out. Because my friends didn't like this movie. You said some people mentioned that it was a good movie. Oh, some of my friends later, my friends at the time didn't like this movie. No, no, no. I'm talking okay. about like people that we know who might have listened to this podcast who knew that this movie was what we were going to watch. Yeah. Commented that it was a good movie. It's true. And, you know, we were all like 13 in 2003. So it makes sense. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, I have one other. Jesse, little... Jesse Simons is like 50 now. So he was <laughs> in his like late 30s back then. All right, well, <laughs> I don't know what your excuse is, man. Anyway, uh, so I had one other pet peeve about the movie, which is, who the fuck is Dr. Bennett? Why is Dr. Bennett every type of doctor? <laughs> Literally, like, what's he, an oncologist, a general practitioner? Like, why is he just, like, the only guy in the hospital taking care of the dad when he's, he's not a hospitalist. Why? Anyway, this is my medical school self. The whole, self, well, the, the whole hospital scene was just a train wreck. Just completely no, empty. No monitors on this guy. No, no yeah. rapid response. Yeah. Was there a DNR? Uh, <laughs> Did he want to die? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't seem like the type who would want CPR, but yeah, I, I, he also doesn't seem like the type who like had his will in order and had a DNR written up. Yeah. Sure. This guy just kind of nobody asked him. I bet charged through life. I doubt he was really planning for the end. I mean, it almost looked like the way that they depict wartime hospitals, like makeshift, or not makeshift, but like pop-up hospitals in war zones, like yeah. where there's just like a bed and nothing. Yeah. I think we are definitely being too literal about a movie that's supposed to be almost entirely like but, allegorical. But or, that was the real life moment. That yeah. Was, I mean, I will say though that this, again, this movie was made in 2003. I think that 
directors and film writers' chops are way better now. And they're, I think they're investigating medical things to a degree that they did not used to investigate them. This doesn't strike me as the movie that even if they had, like, a good continuity staff, that they would have, like, had the right equipment in there. I think that would have kind of broken the spell of that this is, like, from a book. You hear, like, like a the children's beeping, Yeah, right? <laughs> Coming and do start doing violent CPR on this guy. <laughs> as he passes on, yeah, they're like, wait, wait. It's <laughs> just not that kind of movie, breaking his ribs with CPR. Yeah, it's true. Okay. True. So um, we have one gimmick we are going to try to guess the rotten tomatoes ranking for rating sorry for this movie um i didn't look it up i didn't look it up either okay so do you want me to go first i want to go first yeah you should go first okay (laughs) so a couple people texted me after our first one our first podcast expressing that they thought big fish was a good movie and a good choice both of these people are some of the most insufferable snobs I've ever met. <laughs> so it's got to be at least over a 70. That's what I was going to guess, too, for the record. So I don't think it's this good, mm-hmm. but I'm going to guess. I was going to guess like 72, but oh. Mike Hanold likes it. Yeah. So it's got to be in the high 70s. I'm going to guess like a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. I was going to go much higher. I was going to go like 88. 88 is yeah. your guess? Okay. Yeah. All, All right. right. Let's look it up. Nervous. I wish there was something riding on this because I think I might win. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right. 75. Oh, 75. Fuck yeah. But 89 audience score. So That's, I feel no, vindicated. Audience that. score has nothing to do with it. Audience Whatever. score is no. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So you I went. was off by 1%. No, I said you 76. Said I said 76. Oh, 76. Oh, okay. All right. So you win. Feeling good. All right. Um, it, that is reflective of our general attitudes, I think. I'm more optimistic. You're more pessimistic. No, I just check Rotten Tomatoes just, more often than you. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, uh, unless you have any parting thoughts, we're at 26 minutes. Um, I don't really think I do. Don't check your notes. Oh. <laughs> All right, don't yeah. Don't dump the rest of your notes out. I have nothing else. I thought it was fine. All right. Well, we got. Not- I do. I do think that the end picked up, and that you might have actually been enjoying it towards the end. Yeah, but like two thirds of the movie, I just hate it. Well, I didn't hate. Two thirds of the movie, I was really bored. It was boring. Yeah, it was boring. We got Nightcrawler next. Yeah. Some some people think that that was uh, an aggressive choice. I might be misremembering it a little bit, but oh god, I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad. I think it's gonna be okay. One person did say it was a really bad movie, so that's bullshit though. That's a really it's a really good movie. Anyway, All we right. will uh, we'll check back in after we watch Nightcrawler. Sounds good.